This is the time of year when everyone starts getting injured. The buys and the injuries start adding up. People start starting sketchy people. Weird matchups happen. Weird wins happen. This is where you can make a comeback for everybody who's down in the league. It doesn't look like... I mean, it looks like everyone who's who's down is like kind of on the way up. Spencer is just being wrecked by injuries, but everybody else has a win. You know, everything's kind of moving its way up. Nobody has a 0% chance of the playoffs yet, so we'll leave it at that. Uh, let's get in these matchups for week nine. Welcome to the League of Champions podcast. going to savage you this week so the first match of the week is me versus brian uh you can pretty much guarantee that i'm gonna pick myself to win every time even though i'm five and three um so for my team mark andrews might be out which is terrible um i mean if he is back in that would be great because everything lamar jackson does who brian has will you know kind of offset uh likely pun intended uh, catch a piece of it with either him or if Isaiah likely has to start instead of him um, with Rashad Bateman out and everything and them using kind of like a miss, like mishmash of running backs, Isaiah likely is going to be super involved. And I really need Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams to both be healthy. And it looks like they are and I need them to really show up in a big way. I mean, my running backs both have touch ma- tough matchups. Clyde Edwards Lair is going up against the Titans. Deontay Foreman's going up against the Bengals. Neither of those are bad run defenses. And I'm a little concerned about Deontay Foreman's involvement. If they, you know, try to use somebody else and Clyde is a layer, they're definitely going to use someone else. I mean, they got three, three running backs splitting time there. Um, looks like DK Metcalf's fine, <laughs> even though they thought he was going to miss, miss games after his injury, but they're facing off against the, the Cardinals. They completely shut down Geno Smith back in week four, who I'm also starting. So it's a little concerning that I don't know if it was just that game. It was just an off game or Arizona has it kind of has their number. Um, but I need I need DK Metcalf to show up big again. And I need Geno to show up bigger than he has <laughs> so far this season. Um, I actually had a note in here for Brian's team. Jonathan Taylor didn't look like he was going to play. Now he isn't. He was ruled out. That's tough for Brian even in a tough matchup against the Patriots. Uh, I, I mean, I picked up Deion Jackson if you want to sneak in a trade real quick before the, the games roll out tomorrow. Um, but Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson should have a really good game on the ground at least. Um, he, I mean, he's missing Rashad Bateman, most likely missing Gus Edwards, and maybe even missing Mark Andrews. So he's going to have the weight of the team on his shoulders literally to be able to, to rush and to make things happen. Um, with whoever ends up catching passes for them, Devin Duvernay, James Prochet, I, I don't even know who else they have, Deshaun Jackson, maybe if they elevate him, who knows. And then uh, Eno Benjamin's effectiveness is in danger. James Conner looks like he's coming back. Who knows what the split's going to be? And uh, judging by Brian's roster right now, he's starting both of them. He was kind of forced into a situation with injuries and buys and everything. So Hopefully Arizona can run the ball really well against the Seahawks and both of those guys are viable. Otherwise, it's going to be tough. So the keys to victory for 
each of us in this matchup. Uh, like I said, I need Geno Smith and DK. I need that stack to really perform and to shake off that week six matchup where they combined for less than 17 points. And if Gino doesn't do, if he doesn't do at least mediocre, I'm going to have a tough time overcoming what I'm pretty confident Lamar Jackson's going to do on Monday night and the, the anxiety of waiting for that. I want to have a nice lead by that point. And then Brian, Mike Evans hasn't really had a big blow up week since week four and is likely the only stud left on Brian's roster kind of in any of the skill positions. He needs to have one of those insane, like three touchdown Mike Evans games where he just goes off for him to win. Um, the next matchup is actually my matchup of the week. It's Tyler versus Stefan. Um, I'm actually picking Tyler here. And the reason why this is the matchup of the week, it's it's not so much it's a matchup, but it has like the most implications or anything. But I think the matchup between Brad and Tim, because I think the matchup between Brad and Tim is like is more important to their seasons in our league. And I think the matchup between Nick and Mike could be the highest scoring. Um, the matchup between Tyler and Stefan is the matchup of the week because Stefan can put up a big week. If he can put up a big week this week, despite missing so many players, um, he's just going to be a real problem in the playoffs for all of us. Kind of watching this one uh, really closely to see how that all pans out and if he has the depth to, to cover up you know, losses like Christian McCaffrey. Um, but anyways, for, for Tyler's team, Ramondre Stevenson is a stud. And he's going, but he's going up against a sneaky, good defensive front from the Colts. Their offense, I mean, their defense overall is not great, but their, their front four is really good. Um, but I don't know. I think the Patriots going to have a lot of short fields. I think Sam Elginger or whatever his name is, is going to miss, is going to be really outsmarted by Belichick and put in some bad spots and make some stupid errors. So, uh, the, the Colts though are tied for third in rushing yards per attempt against their defense in the past two weeks they haven't been very good at stopping the run giving up 100 yards to both the titans and the jaguars so uh, on the season they look good last two weeks they haven't looked great i mean granted that was derrick henry and travis Etienne, who's kind of showing up to be a really talented player in the nfl i think that could go either way i think reminder stevenson could be really good or he could be kind of mediocre so uh, i really like tyler starting justin fields against the dolphins um they've Shown nothing but being a terrible defense so far this year. And I think Fields is starting to get the offense moving, uh, especially because of how effective he's been rushing the ball, which he hadn't been at the start of the season. And I think even if Chase Claypool is not fully up to speed with the offense, I think he's going to open up things for everybody else because the, you have to respect somebody like that. Somebody, I mean, they could just have him run down the field every game, every play. And you, you have to respect his, uh, his ability and his contested catches and, Justin Fields has an arm, so you could definitely get it down to him. And then Tyler's starting Caleb Huntley. He, I mean, the guy's only the guy's only topped ten fantasy points once this season, and he's not involved in the passing game at all. He hasn't even got one catch yet this season. Not to mention Tyler Algier is kind of the one A in that backfield, anyways. And Cordell Patterson is is playing uh, week nine, so. That's a dicey play, but that's the kind of stuff that's going to be happening. Well, the buys and injuries that happen. Um, and then for Stefan's team, absolutely brutal buys this week. He's missing Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, and Amari Cooper. So it doesn't really it doesn't look like he has the depth on his bench to fill to fill in for those spots either. So he's gonna to have to make some tough transactions, you know, dropping guys he probably doesn't want to drop heading into the weekend. 
Uh, and then with TJ Hawkinson being shipped out to Minnesota and DJ Chark still being injured, I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown could be like the saving grace for Stefan this weekend. He could have a huge week against the Packers. When Hawkinson was out last year, he was out from weeks 14 to 18. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown averaged 11 targets a game and almost 94 yards receiving. And he scored four times. And he also accumulated 59 yards on the ground with another score. For five games, that, that's insane. Eleven targets, and I just I don't think it, I don't think they can get away from doing that this week. I think it's going to have to be, especially if DeAndre Swift is out too. It's going to be Amon Ross St. Brown and Jamal Williams, and that's going to be the Lions' offense. And then DJ Moore, he's starting to come alive with PJ Walker for some reason. Uh, he er, he's had twenty-one targets over the past two weeks, which happened to be his best two weeks in the season. It's, I mean, it's already been announced that P.J. Walker is starting again. So we'll see if the streak continues for D.J. Moore and his kind of resurgence into the, resurgence into the NFL. And it looks like um, Baker, Baker Mayfield is just a great teammate. It's going to be a great backup quarterback. Super supportive of everybody. Pretty cool. Uh, keys to victory for this one. Tyler, Tyler needs Travis Kelsey to do what he does and show up big against the Titans to offset what I think Tyreek Hill is inevitably going to do against the Bears. The Bears are not a good defense. Tyreek Hill is going to beat them all over the place. They've just looked unbelievable, the Dolphins' offense. So I he needs Travis Kelsey is the closest thing that Tyler has to be able to kind of offset that in one player. And then for Stefan, Tua, he needs to be great, which he's already shown this season he can do with all the weapons that he has. Everyone's healthy on the Dolphins' offense, so they're not missing any pieces. Bad defense they're going up against. Uh, Tyree Kill is going to be incredible, even if Tua is not great. But if Tua can be fantastic and and make everyone on the offense great, he's gonna. It's going to be tough beating Stefan with that that um, that stack. Plus, I think this game could be a sneaky shootout. I think both. I think the Bears' offense is really improving over the past couple weeks. Dolphins' defense is bad. Dolphins' offense has been basically great since the start of the season with Tua. The Bears' defense is bad, so. I think this could be a shootout of a game. Uh, the next matchup, we got Andrew versus Nolan. I'm actually picking Andrew to win this one. So Andrew, uh, he's Derrick Henry. Obviously, you're not going to bench, but he could have a tough matchup against the Chiefs. They, they've allowed the second fewest rushing yards and the fewest second fewest rushing yards and rushing touchdowns so far this season. Uh, fortunately, the Titans have absolutely no other offensive weapons. And they're starting a backup quarterback who was also a rookie. So I, I don't, there's no way that Derrick Henry doesn't get 30, 35 carries in this game. So even if he's mediocre, he's going to volume his way to being successful. Um, Hunter Renfro has been hurt, but even when he's on the team, he's barely involved. He's had more than six targets in the game only once this season. And after a week like they had last week where Devonte Adams had, I think it was one catch for I don't even I don't even know. He had like a negative rushing attempt, like one catch for five yards or something like that. I I think they're gonna be absolutely peppering Devontae Adams with targets to jumpstart the offense. I mean, they don't have Darren Waller. Hunter Renfro is vanished. I mean, Josh Josh Jacobs has been great, so maybe they'll lean on him more and do a little more play action, but they have to get Devontae Adams more involved if they want to win. And then Chris Olave, he's had the passing game entirely to himself. And it doesn't look like anything is going to change this week. Michael Thomas is out for the season. 
Jarvis Landry, has, Jarvis Landry hasn't played since week four, and he looks questionable for this game as well. I mean, I imagine this game against the Ravens will be, I don't, I don't know if it'll be a shootout, but I imagine it'll be like 27-24, you know, like a pretty normal scoring. So I think there's plenty of opportunity for touchdowns for him. And, it, and largely the reason why I think that is because both teams are missing so much on the offensive side of the ball. So I think it's going to be kind of a figure it out week for both teams. And then Nolan, Nolan missed the the latest, latest, late-ish out designation for Brandon Cooks. So he got a zero for him to start the week on Thursday, which is tough. I mean, that's a huge plus for Andrew though, and a good way to start the week for him. Uh, Alvin Kamara averaging seven receptions a game as a running back. And I think he easily beats the beats that or eats, either beats that or um, at least achieves that against the Ravens. And it's important to note the Ravens traded for Roquan Smith though. He, I mean, he's a fantastic linebacker and he could end up stifling some of that upside for Kamara this week, especially since the, the defense doesn't have a whole lot to, to focus on outside of Chris Olave. And then Travis Etienne had his largest workload of the year last year. And did he ever deliver on it? I mean, you can expect more of the same, I think, against the Raiders. And it appears ETN's just going to get more and more involved with the passing game, albeit like slowly. It doesn't, they're not going to throw him a bunch of targets, you know, right out of the gate. The past three weeks, though, ETN has averaged 8.6, 8.1, and 6.5 yards per carry. And the 6.5 yards one, the lowest one, came on 24 carries. You just, ETN's going to be a stud the rest of the season if he can stay healthy. And the workload he's getting now is ridiculous. And they, if they ever want to win games, that's that's how they're going to do it. Trevor Lawrence is okay, but they need ETN to, to do what he did last week, every week. So the keys to victory, I think for Andrew, it's Jalen Waddle, And I think he needs Jalen Waddle to kind of take over that game. Maybe even put up a better performance than Tyreek Hill. It, I mean, if he can do that, I think Andrew can, I think the combination of him and Derrick Henry can carry Andrew to winning this one with all the guys that Nolan has on him by. Um, strangely enough for Nolan, I think the key to Nolan winning is Marcus Mariota. I think Mariota has the capacity to either destroy you completely or be one of the reasons you win, as he needs to score somewhere near what Patrick Mahomes is likely going to put up in this matchup against that Patrick Mahomes has against the Titans. Uh, Mariota's been running more effectively lately. Char- Charger, the Chargers defense... Their passing defense especially is horrible. So I sh- think he should be able to do kind of whatever he wants in that matchup, assuming he doesn't make any stupid mental errors. Next matchup is Nick versus Mike. I'm um, picking Nick to win this one. So rough start on Thursday night. So rough start on Thursday night with Devontae Smith. He's just one of those guys. That just He's really high variance. He's gonna You just have to take the lumps with the huge games you're going to get inevitably. Kind of like Tyler Lockett has been all these years with Seattle. Um, but the struggles of Derek Carr, I wouldn't be surprised, kind of like I said already, if the Raider, Raiders leaned more heavily on Josh Jacobs, especially against a bad Jaguars defense in a game where they're projected to win, even just by a little bit. Um, every time Josh Jacobs has handled more than 20 carries this season in a game, he's rushed for over 143 yards and at least one touchdown. So I think he's going to have a huge game, and if he can hit that threshold, it's probably going to be a, a fantastic game for him. But then Raheem Mostert, I think he might be a little sketchy to start this week because the Dolphins just traded for Jeff Wilson. And he. I think even if just Jeff Wilson's not all the way caught up on the 
the playbook because it's kind of a short week. I think he could still cut into the workload a little bit. I think he could take enough away potentially to make Mostert a little less fantasy relevant. So that's just something to watch, especially this week, the first week he's there. For Mike, it's rough for him and with running backs. He's starting Kenyon Drake and Dontrell Hilliard this week with his RB1 and then the RB1 of the season, Nick Chubb on by. He's got duds at running back, but he has studs at wide receiver with Justin Jefferson and DeAndre Hopkins. He's really going to need them to show up, especially Justin Jefferson, to have huge games, um, to have a chance in this matchup. And honestly, I was looking at Mike's lineup. I think I'd probably start Devin Duvernay over Zay Jones, especially with Rashad Bateman out and Mark Andrews potentially out and kind of trending that direction. Duvernay always has the special teams upside, you know, with the punts and kick returns and the touchdown opportunity that comes with that. But if he slots in also as the wide receiver one for the team, I mean, he could have serious upside that I don't think Zay Jones has. Um, Keys to victory for both teams. Mike, Kirk Cousins just can't have one of his bad days, basically, or even one of his mediocre days. He really needs to come out slinging it, especially Justin Jefferson. So Mike's stack can overcome the damage Josh Allen is definitely going to inflict on the Jets. And then for Nick, I think Nick needs to see what T. Higgins can really do. And hopefully this week, the Bengals have kind of figured out their offense without Jamar Chase. Uh, Higgins, by all you know metrics, should be the wide receiver one for this team. But if that doesn't come to fruition, Nick could be in a little bit of trouble. I mean, he really only has Chris Godwin as a reliable option outside of um, T. Higgins at the position. So he really needs T. Higgins to show up and, and to take over that role. Uh, the next matchup is... Spencer and Isaac. I'm uh, actually picking Isaac to win this one just because Spencer has been brutalized by injuries. Um, For Isaac, it's ballsy play to start Derek Carr after his less than two point outing last week against the Saints, but it's hard to imagine him going anywhere but up against the Jaguars. I mean, great start to the week two for Isaac. Dallas Goddard, 100 yards on eight receptions and a touchdown. Getting that kind of production out of your tight end like the most volatile position in fantasy on Thursday is literally the best thing you can ask for. Um, it's It was one of the weirdest games in the NFL. It looked like the Texans were going to like destroy the Eagles for some reason in the first half, and the Eagles kind of figured it out and pulled away. But and It sounds wild, but with the injuries to Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, I might consider flexing Gerald Everett over Nicole Hardman. It's He's going to be super involved. He has to be. And with the addition of Kadarius Tony, I mean, it's tough to know what Hardman's role will continue to be going forward. You might be safe this week because it's Tony's first game with the Chiefs, but, and I know he's had some big weeks the past couple weeks, but they're inflated by touchdowns. It's, that's one of the most wishy-washy metrics is to, you know, bank on touchdowns. So we'll have to really monitor what Kadarius Tony does and, and if that's going to cut into what you call Michael Hardman's role has been. And then for Spencer, Spencer doesn't have the depth to fill his flex this week. So he needs he needs to drop Matt Stafford and scoop someone up to slot in for while Tony Pollard and Melvin Gordon, Melvin Gordon are on by. Isn't much at running back right now, but if you picked up someone like Khalif Raymond or even KJ Osborne, they might be able to provide you just enough to kind of get through. I'd probably probably take KJ Osborne in that situation just because I, I think the offense is a little more reliable, but. Um, and then DeAndre Swift came out and told reporters he wasn't 100% sure if he'd be ready, if he'd be 100% healthy at any point this season. So who knows what that means for this week? 
but just in case for Spencer, I'd pick up Craig Reynolds just to be prepared if he doesn't play. I mean, if he's active, you kind of have to play him, but you know, if they if he's a late scratch for the game, at least you have someone to slot in there who's going to get the work. Um, and then Allen Robinson come alive a little bit this season, averaging six targets a week over the last three games. And Spencer really needs him to show up and have some semblance of you know what he was in Jacksonville. If he if he has any hope of overcoming the injuries that he's gone through at the position, you know, missing Mike Williams and Jamar Chase. Keys to victory. Isaac basically just needs Derek Tar- Derek Carr not to implode. Because I think at every other position, he has Spencer beat. So not rocket science for Isaac. Just if Derek Carr doesn't implode, you should be good. And then for Spencer, I think it's a weird one. But I think Romeo Dobbs is the key to Spencer having any shot of winning here. He seems to have gotten back in the good graces of Aaron Rodgers. And if Alan Lazard doesn't play, he's a lock to be the number one. And even if he does play, I think it'll make it easier for Dobbs. You know, not having to take shoulder the full load of being that number one receiver for the team. And they're going up against a very beatable Lions defense. So I think if Romeo Dobbs has a really good game, Lee Spencer might have a shot at uh, winning this one. And the final matchup of the week is Brad and Tim. For Brad, I think it... Oh, I'm picking uh, Brad to win this one too. Uh, For Brad, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with Devin Singletary now that they traded for Naeem Hines. Brad, I mean, Brad's team might take a little hit if that turns out to be more of an even split. Um, but at least this week, it should be it should be fine for Devin Singletary. I don't think Naeem Hines, I think as a pass-catching running back uh, with the, you know, the specialty of being a pass-catching running back, I think you have to be a little more involved and a little more um, practice to kind of get into the, all the protections and, and the route trees that they have and the plays that they call. So, you know, if it was somebody who was just you know, a typical running back who just kind of runs straight ahead. Um, I think it would be, he'd be more involved, but I think he's going to be sprinkled in here and there um, at least this first week. And then Kyle Pitts finally hit his first quote unquote big week last week. So hopefully Arthur, Arthur Smith has realized that if he wants to keep his job, he needs to get the most talented player on his team way more involved than he has. And that the team needs to fabricate ways of getting him involved. You know, similar to like, the early days of Travis Kelsey, like you, you just need to find ways to get on the ball, whether it's, you know, those little weird, I don't even know what they call them, but when the, the tight end kind of looks like he's going to motion and like either takes the handoff or gets like a little flip from the quarterback and it's like a running play. I mean, Kyle Pitts can literally excel at anything. He's the most freak athlete that the draft or the NFL has seen in years. So they just need to figure out how get him the ball somehow. And then Tyler Boyd has been feasting the past two weeks, averaging over seven targets a week in each of those two weeks, over 190 yards. I mean, in a matchup against the Panthers, he should have another huge week and to have him in your flex is such a luxury that you don't have to actually even have him as a receiver. You can just have him in your flex is, is huge. And then for Tim, um, I saw some tweet that how broken PPR is. Damian Pierce had his a phenomenal game for NFL standards, you know, rushing for 139 yards and 27 carries, but he wasn't involved in the passing game at all and didn't score. So for fantasy, just like a mediocre kind of, you know, 13.9 game. Um, Joe, per- Joe Burrow put up his worst performance of the week of the year last week, crashing back to earth after his two insane performances against the Saints and the Falcons. 
Now, it would be nice if he could land somewhere in the middle sometimes, you know, somewhere around like 25 points instead of being either in the teens or in 35 plus. But it's that, I guess, the variance of the Jamar Chaseless Bengals. So, uh, and then one of the only major upside plays Tim has this week, I think, is Rondell Moore, who's kind of officially taken over as the wide receiver two for the, the Cardinals now that Hollywood Brown's out. It was a little concerning when Robbie Anderson was traded, but he's just he's not on the field when they do two wide receiver sets. So I guess it's Rondell Moore's job for now. Um, he had eight targets last week, averaged 13.1 yards per reception. And if that continues, he could be another player who just has an insane second half of the season. We've all seen uh, Hollywood Brown's injury dealings over his short career. So it's not a lock that he comes back at full strength when he does, or if he even comes back at all. I mean, who knows? You could have a setback and be gone for the year. Um, for Brad, I think the key to victory, I'm not I'm not really actually sure if this is the key to victory for Brad, but I think seeing Joe Mixon produce a huge week like he's done so often in his career would be really reassuring. He's yet to top 18 fantasy points in a game this year and only has two touchdowns through eight games. It might not be the key to victory in this matchup, but seeing Joe Mixon get back to himself will be a key to Brad's victory you know, if he gets to the playoffs and throughout the playoffs. And then Tim, it's a weird one, but I think it's Juju Smith-Schuster. He's operated as the number one receiver for the team, and he's really been great for fantasy over the past two weeks, at least, uh, including a score in both games. Tim's team doesn't really have much upside. It's kind of just like a lot of consistent players. But with Damian Pierce's impressive NFL, not fantasy performance, uh, he needs someone to have an explosive game. I think CeeDee Lamb would be that guy, but he's on bye, so it falls to somebody else to kind of go off this week and give him a fighting chance against Brad. Uh, and that's it. So um, I will talk to you guys on Tuesday, and good luck to everyone besides Brian. Super! Take care now. Bye-bye then. <laughs>